I went and saw my grandmother. She had had a stroke uh, maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, she's at Lakeshore. How's she doing? She's doing well. She's got full function of all her limbs, but she's got dementia and just generally deconditioned. The stroke just kind of delivered a blow that knocked her down a little bit. Anyways, she's been at Lakeshore for maybe seven days now, right at it. And they have deemed her, uh, golly, impulsive. I don't know why that took me so long. Anyways, they put the bed alarm on her and the the chair alarm on her so she can't get out of her wheelchair or anything like that. It's pretty funny. Shoot, man. (laughs) No, having worked there for a little bit, PRN, and like being a student, this it sounds really severe, but it's really not. There's a lot of like pleasantly confused older people there that are, they'll put that on there just as a precaution so that nobody falls, but otherwise Wait, they're so fairly healthy. Huh. What kind of, are you saying that she's kind of restrained in a way? Uh, I mean, I guess in a way, yes. Yeah. So there's rules within the hospital, like you can't physically tie anyone down, but when you look at the bed, you can have three of the rails up you can't have all four because then they're restrained. They can't get out of bed. Um, okay. So yeah. that you can have three of the four up, but I mean, I don't want to like bury this hospital or anything because I don't know the legality of it. But if you put two of them up and then you put the bedside table over the top of the bed, a lot of times like they can't really figure out how to move it. So, so I'm, that could be considered a form of restraint. Maybe so, but it's your way around of it's your way around putting up all four. Uh, okay, so, yeah. so is that something that some hospitals do? Like, yeah, intentionally. They'll, yeah, they'll put the bedside table table over them so that they won't get out of bed and fall. Huh. Um, but that back to my grandmother. So she has dementia, which is is hard on my mom. But there's parts of it that I find quite funny so she's been in the hospital for a week and i went and saw her for the first time yesterday just because of my work schedule but we were just sitting there chatting it up and she thinks she's at home and so the people bring in her food and she's eating it and she like they come back in and check on her she said here just go put this back in the fridge i don't want it and i was like grandmother that's not how it works and one of them there was like a a lady there from Golly, I can't remember what they're technically called. I guess a caregiver. She was sitting on the other side of the room. The way this hospital set up, you have two beds in one room, and there's a curtain that divides it. But with COVID, they only have one person per room. So the caregiver was on the other side of the room. And she was like, just go put this back in the fridge. And I was like, that's not how it works. They're just going to leave it on your table. And she's like, okay, whatever. And so the lady goes and sits down in the chair on the other side of the room. And my grandmother was just, chatting her up but the girl couldn't hear her and she was like these people are absolutely worthless she was like she went down the hall and didn't even take my food i was like grandmother she's still in the room she was like no she's not she's absolutely worthless and i was like oh my god (laughs) she's just rambling on what did what did the caregiver say she's just over there laughing and (laughs) luckily she was a good sport about it as my grandmother's berating her I'm sure she's probably dealt with people like that before. That's hilarious. Oh, man. And then 
I think what really clued her in was she, she kept talking about her dad staying with her, which is really sweet. But her obviously her dad's been dead for decades. And she's just like, he's never gone this long, and he's out with some mistress that I don't like. I was like, he has a mistress? I was like blown away by this story that she's created in her head. Well, it it sounds like you're kind of making making the best of a tough situation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You kind of find the humor in life. Yeah. Golly. It was cracking me up. Because at first I was like, who are you talking about? And she wouldn't tell me. Yeah. She just kept saying he and he. When I found out, I just kind of went along with it. And I was like, where'd he go? All this other stuff. She kept saying she had school tomorrow. I was like, grandmother, you're 86 years old. You don't have school. So I discovered something about the word honeymoon. You know where that comes from? Mm-mm. I've never thought about it. Um, do you know what mead is? Like uh, M-E-A-D? Yes, I've heard it. Mm. So mead I is... I couldn't find basic, it. Mead is the oldest form of like fermented drink that uh, we know of. For um, some reason, I was going to say bread. Okay. It's fermented honey. And... Um, it was an old tradition that whenever, you know, one family would give their daughter to, you know, whenever they would arrange the marriage, they would say they would give them a month's supply of mead. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, one cycle of a moon. And that would essentially, like, get the couple to relax and then conceive a child. And then that was the whole purpose of having a honeymoon. And it's called a honeymoon because the mead and moon because it's the length of a moon cycle so i thought that was kind of interesting that's kind of cool where'd you find that i saw like a i watched this documentary it was like a 20 minute documentary on um like this small mead uh meadery and he was given like kind of the the history behind it and stuff it's pretty cool i don't know I watch that kind of stuff all the time. Was that that was in your recommended? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, probably. I'm gonna assume mead doesn't taste very good. It tastes very good. Really? Yeah. Where yeah. do you find mead? Mm. There was a uh, when me and Rosa lived in Savannah. You said it's fermented a- honey. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that would taste kind of good. I guess I do like. Yeah, honey. and and you know other things. I mean, people add like, you know, raspberry flavoring or like whatever. I mean, it's like any other. I mean, people do all kinds of stuff with it. But there was a place called Savannah Bee Company that uh, me and Rosa would go to when we lived in Savannah, and mm-hmm. they had like this small area in the back of the store where they had some places you could taste some of the mm-hmm. mead uh and it was like really delicious so i mean some of it tasted like similar to like beer and others would taste kind of closer to like even like a a red wine because it was it would be like flavored in a certain way um so it's kind of like all over the place but some of them were really really good hmm. 
Don't like either one of those, but well, mead mead just sounds super yeah. colonial, like really yeah. old school, which like old world stuff. Yeah, you remember? I don't know if they ever came to. You went to Gardell Elementary, didn't you? Mm-hmm. We had like some little Civil War showing where they brought in a bunch of old Civil War guns and well, maybe not guns to an elementary school. I I might have exaggerated that in my memory. But definitely like clothing and stuff, and they let us try the biscuits. Biscuits in Wait, was quotations. This, was this at the school or was this at the American Village? No, it wasn't at American Village. It was in our lunchroom. Okay. And they would let you try little biscuits, and they were just terrible—the most bland things you'd ever taste in your life. And when you say mm-hmm. mead, that's what I think of. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it was it was actually really good. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. What episode is this? Is this nine? Yeah. What was the Halsey MGK thing? Oh, Halsey and Machine Gun Kelly re- released a song. No, stop that. Dude, it's so good. It bangs. I bet it's, I bet it's so bad. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It is... I bet I could listen to... Um, five seconds of it and predict the rest of the entire song. Okay. How about you listen to zero seconds and tell me what you think it might sound like? Um, well, I mean, that's impossible, but I would venture to say that there might be four chords, maybe five in the entire song. Okay. I don't, and it probably has the same. That means nothing throughout to me. it. That means nothing to me. I want to know what you think it sounds like as far as, I don't know, maybe tempo or... What's the song called? What the style is, maybe. What's the song called? I don't freaking know. I can look it up. Okay. Well, I mean, we're playing the game of guessing. Okay. I I won't make you guess. And it's called Forget Me Too. Forget Me Too. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Okay. I mean, it's going to be in a minor key. And MGK is probably going to have these producers that make some beat that you could make on a little Casio keyboard and then it's going to have all these stereo effects on it that make it sound like all fancy and stuff and then it's going to have some like cheesy you know like cheesy line that probably Halsey's saying about one of her exes and then MGK is going to put a rap over it I mean it's going to be pretty dumb (laughs) okay some of those might be true however (laughs) It's about an ex, probably, but it's a punk song. It's not a rap song. Really? Yeah, picture like... I was wrong about that. Maybe Golden Era Punk, late 2000s. Okay. Maybe even Paramore. Halsey legit sounds like Haley Williams from Paramore. Hmm. Yeah, nothing against Halsey as a singer, but I just don't like the pop genre that I don't mm-hmm. like that style of music that she makes. Cause it's just simple and boring and that's harsh, but this song is really good. And I don't think I've ever met a group of guys excluding you. That is a bigger fan of any pop female artists like Halsey than our group of guys, Andrew, yeah. Maynard, Josh, yeah, Seth Adderhold really is in you know, nothing against y'all. I mean, you definitely see something in Halsey that I don't. Um, 
And I'm not saying I'm better than you for it. It's just I'm just that's my personal preference, you know. But you're just hard. I think she. I think I think she's overrated. What? No. Mm-mm. You're yeah. Over. I think she's underrated. Well, maybe I'm saying overrated by y'all because like you got the <laughs> likes of Taylor Swift and gosh knows who else at the top of the list, and I think Halsey is underappreciated. I mean, Taylor Swift might as well run for political office at this point. Is she even an artist, or is she, like, just campaigning? I don't know. I don't like her. I don't know her political views, but I just don't like her. Well, I'm surprised she tries to make everybody else know about it. What On what, what, Twitter? On everything, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. I'm a little disconnected from that world. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear about it from news sources. Usually, I don't have a Twitter, but um, I have Instagram. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't like it when, you know, celebrities and artists think that they have better opinions just because they're more popular, and then they kind of use their <laughs> platforms to influence people. And I'm not sure if I like if if it's if that's what's irritating or if it's the fact that people actually listen to him that's irritating. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean a lot of I mean, them do it though. Oh yeah, I mean so, they man. basically all do it. Did you see and, and they Go ahead. And they do it like with the expectation that people are going to listen because I'm famous. Yeah. That's irritating. Did you see people all over Chris Pratt about his Instagram post? Um, which which time? Because a while back he posted something that um, I don't think that had something to do with like wildlife or something. No, this one wasn't that long ago. This one was very recent. It was about um, voting for some family little movie that he was a part of. I think it was a cartoon movie. Um, oh, okay, but the caption was about. This is <clears throat> this is a very pivotal moment in time. Um, you should exercise your right to vote, all this other stuff. And he carries on for a few sentences, and it's all about voting voting for this movie that he was a part of in the People's Choice Awards. And people just... Wait, was he, was it, was he like he was just being... He was joking about yeah, it because yeah, yeah. of... He okay. was using the election year to, <laughs> to right. create this platform well, that's, to that, that's funny. vote for his movie. Dude, yeah. people got all over his butt about how it's insensitive that he's doing that in such a pivotal election year. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, people were being so soft. Dude, it's a disease. This virtue signaling thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. What's 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 really going on is you have somebody who says something that can, in some universe, be perceived as being offensive to somebody. And then somebody who was probably raised by two parents who gave them everything and a spoiled brat and they've never had to work for anything in their life will campaign for somebody else, some imaginary fictional person in the country who they say is being oppressed by whatever this person is saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this person doesn't actually exist, but there's (laughs) 10,000 other people who are going to say that they do exist and that they're being offended. And somebody's going to say, well, I'm going to I'm going to take up for this person 
and let everybody know that I'm a good person. Oh, it's so irritating, man. Sorry. Do you do you shop at Trader Joe's? Are you talking about that racist organization? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Trader Joe's. Did you? I'm assuming. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm assuming that comment has to do with like the Trader Jacques and the Trader Jose's. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like the petition to get all that banned. Yeah, you know that was put up by like a 17 year old. Yeah, it was like a high school kid. Yeah. What did it ever come to fruition? Did they get in trouble for it, or did they just say, "No, screw the system"? No, trade like I. I think um, I don't remember where I heard it, but I think uh, the somebody at, at the like their publicist or whatever at Trader Joe's. I don't know. They put out a statement saying, um, you know our customers have enjoyed these products and these product names for a long time. And, you know, we're not going to change them. Yeah. And I was like, good for you, Trader Joe's. Don't bow down to the mob. Dude, shout outs to Trader Joe. Yeah. Isn't he dead? Shout out. <laughs> I think um, he died recently. He died this year. Uh, yeah. Sorry for laughing. <laughs> was it, I mean, was yeah, it Joe sorry. or was his, I know his name was not Joe. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, and it's irrelevant. Do you know that, uh, like he and his brother were like an Aldi, right? Like his brother was the starter for Aldi. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, look that up to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's true. His name was Joe. Well, why were you so dead set that it wasn't? I don't know. That you just seem seemed, so, you seem so confident. Trader Joe just seemed like something you, you'd make up. Mm-hmm. For example, there's a uh, there's a Mexican restaurant in Mobile called El Jalapeno, and it just <laughs> lacks so much creativity. It sounds like the name of a Mexican restaurant if four white dudes were going to get together yeah. and come up with a... Yeah. What should we name it, yeah. dude? El Jalapeno. No, no, no. Some, some Chad was like, we should name it Jalapeno. And then the guy was like, no, you, you got to make it authentic. Put L. L in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah, you were right though. Um, Trader Joe's brother is the founder of Aldi. Was it the and was it was it Joe that died or the founder of Aldi that died? Uh, yeah, it was Joe. Oh, okay, man, R.I.P. Joe. Yeah, rip to a real one. Yeah. Shout out to the fresh produce. <laughs> I've never been in an Aldi. There's one in Fultondale. I work a stone's throw away from it. Man. Aldi's got the steals, man. For real. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> of all things, go. the things that I hear most about Aldi is cheap chips and cheap avocados. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, they're really cheap everything. Like compared yeah, to isn't it their own brand food? stuff is all off? Yeah, essentially off brand, but yeah, I mean, essentially, like they have their own. They have several brands in there, but like they have Aldi branded most things in there. Okay, so well, it's all pretty cheap. That's where me and Rosie go for all our groceries. Really, I need to try yeah. it out then. Yeah, you should. Did you ever watch that Challenger documentary? No, I managed to find other documentaries to watch, and I'm sorry. Thanks for being honest. I've watched two since you told me to watch that that one. Which ones did you watch? 
I've watched The Social Dilemma and I've watched uh, American Murder or American Murderer. Bo- um, both phenomenal. American Murder. I watched that one, I think. That one's about the man that kills his family, wife and two kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did because watch that one. That one's really good. Essentially found a mistress, so he kills his family. Right. Yeah, it was really interesting to see how, like, he was seemingly normal until things got really weird. Yeah. And then he showed he showed his true psychopath. Uh-huh. Because he was showing, like, no emotion at all until, like, the very, very end. And then he fell apart. Yeah. And then he realized he was caught. Dude, they got his butt with the polygraph. Dude, that woman... Who was running the polygraph? She was sneak. Dude, she was stone cold, man. Because she, she started out nice, you know? Mm-hmm. She was kind of buttering him up a little bit. And then she she dropped the hammer. Yeah, and when she brought him back in, she asked him, I, God, what was, I can't remember the lead-in question. And she was like, all right, quit with the bullcrap. You failed the polygraph and you don't care about your family. Tell us what happened. <laughs> and I was like, God dang. <laughs> yeah, for real. She went in on that dude. Man. That was that was a tough scene. But the social um, dilemma's solid. Have you seen it? No, I keep hearing about it. This is by no means a look at me moment, but I don't have any social media on my phone in part due to that documentary. Mason thinks he's better than all of you. No, that's not that's not true at all. But the other part, <laughs> the seventy five percent part of it is a bet a stupid bet with drew and will but 25 mm-hmm. percent of it me deleting tiktok was this documentary i, I want to get back on this but just as a side note you've made a number of really irrelevant stupid bets with well really with anybody but with drew and will right mm-hmm. oh yeah it's gone on for like four years one of them was no Taco Bell, right? No Taco Bell, no Whataburger, no French fries. No, no French fries, yeah. Otherwise that one, that one's been potato. the toughest one so far. The French fries one? Yeah, that one sucked. Yeah. Because it was a year How did it come about in the first place? It all started with me and Drew just loving New Year's resolutions because we used to shoot bottle rockets at your house. And we'd make yeah. dumb ones because when I was in college, I didn't drink coffee. It, just stupid stuff like, here's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to drink more coffee. And it was like, I would drink one cup for the entire year. He shot one. It was like, so I'm not going to eat Taco Bell. I was like, all right, I'll do it with you. So that was how essentially how it started. Hmm. And then the next year, I was like, we need to do something then something tougher than Taco Bell because Taco Bell wasn't that hard for us. But we love Whataburger. Yeah. And then it progressed to French fries because that's really hard. And then it went to a quarterly bet. So every three months we change what it is. But it's pretty tough stuff, like no social media. So, yeah, right now you're doing no social media, right? How did that Mm -hmm. start? Was that just y'all agreed on it? Mm -hmm. So we're doing quarterly. We each get to pick a quarter of what we wanted to do. I had the first quarter, so I did no desserts or treats except on, like, Fridays. I wanted to do none whatsoever for the full three months, but they were worried about, like, I don't know. 
Will's like, what if I accidentally eat an Oreo or something stupid? And then... How do you accidentally eat an Oreo? Dude, I, Will's a weird cat. He, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, he would have accidentally ate an Oreo. I believe that to be something Will would do. So I gave him some slack. I was unquote. like, all right, whatever. We can, we can give stipulations and then we're going to do just one day. And then we got worried as, okay, what if we get to that one day and you just binge treats? So it ended up being no treats except Fridays and Saturdays, which was easier than I wanted it to be. But it was still tough at times. And then the next quarter was Will's and then this quarter's Drew's. Yeah, I need to. Um, I need to congratulate you in person. Uh oh. You know, me and you are pretty competitive people, but whenever you shoot a personal best, I have to give my hats off. <laughs> I appreciate. And it was that. A, it was a good score too, seventy eight. Thank you, thank you. It's a big time. It's first time, also first time breaking eighty, right? Yeah, it is first time breaking eighty. That's big news. Yeah. If you're if you're not a golfer out there, breaking eighty is um, it's a very it's a very big milestone for any for any golfer. Yeah, it was. Uh, looking back on it is very interesting because scored a par it ties my personal best at eight over. I shot an eight over twice. This one just happened to be a par seventy course, so it got me under eighty. I've played this course many times, and I I haven't. What course was this? This was at Highland Park. Oh yeah. So I haven't. Would do, you, I haven't done it yet, but. Would you say that Highland Park crowned you? Hmm. Would you say that Highland Park crowned you? Yeah. What and what does it, what does that mean for this context? <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, made it easier for you to break eighty. Seeing as it was a par 70 course? I would say yes and no. Yes, because score to par, it, it is easier. I mean, you got ten, essentially 10 extra, not 10 extra. You got 10 strokes to work with versus eight. Yeah. But when you look at difficulty of course, my uh, personal best before this was at Coleman. It was an 80, eight over par, but... I don't think an eight over par at Coleman is the same as an eight over par at Highland. No, because no, I wouldn't. You can spray it all over the map at Coleman and still scratch out a good score. It's just harder to make putts at yeah. Coleman because the greens aren't that good. Well, my first thought when you told me that you shot seventy eight was that we found a common denominator for you to shoot what good golf <laughs> which is Staying severe severe lack of sleep absolutely yeah. because when we went to sweeten's cove and played in the uh good guys tour uh tournament last year both of us got like almost zero sleep that night zero and yeah i mean it was Such awful a bad night. just so bad struggling on the way there that has a story on its own with you having an, <laughs> an issue holding your uh, gastrointestinal system together i don't, I don't trust my bowels <laughs> and um you know we get to the course and we kind of got there early so we were sitting in the back of your like sitting on the back of your car just watching the sunrise <laughs> we and so i don't know early. what happened we were so early and something happened in that time that we were just sitting there that i just felt 
ready to play. I don't know if it happened with you too, but oh, it was pure bliss. Yeah, just amazing. You crushed your drive, your first hit of the day. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then we went on to play probably some of the best golf that we've played. We played all day, so you know, I don't even remember what my low nine score was or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you just need to not sleep. Yeah. the night before whenever you want to shoot good golf yeah there i think there's a lot of things that factored into me shooting the score that i did um staying up late was one of them elaborate staying up late i showed up i was like okay the course record is safe today i don't fill up to par because we teed off at 720 and i was still up the night before at 145 or two so it was yeah. no sleep um Part two would be the fact that I didn't know two of the guys that I was playing with. And I'm not going to bash them by any means. One of them was a really cool dude. Loved talking to him. He was cracking me up. He was a med student at UAB, third year. But the other one, he he lacked a lot of personality that I'm used to being around on the golf course. What, what was the guy's name? The UAB student? Yeah. Uh, John. John, I think it was John. You don't know his last name? No. Okay, never mind. I Continue. Can, I can find out. Um, but the other one, he just lacked a lot of personality. I'm used to, like, us just constantly cutting up. Yeah. Maybe sliding each other chilling. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, chilling. Yeah. But this guy, most of the things he said was fairly negative about the course, about his play, about this and that. And mm. he just didn't seem happy to be there. And he Can shot that negative energy out of there. Yeah. He shot a great score, but I didn't hear him have an ounce of fun at all. Mm. So I was like, it's oh, good. man, this just isn't that fun. And Andrew McKinnis, my roommate from PT school, was the one that invited me and he was my partner for the day. And being with him's hilarious. He's a fun guy to be around. He has a different appreciation for the sport of golf. It's not the same as ours as far as, like, course architecture and quality of course and shot shapes and stuff like that. But it's just, like, having a good time with your buddy on the golf course. So it was different in that, like, I would hit shots that I needed to hit and I would make par from these, like, really sketchy places. I, I wasn't striking the ball well. And so he didn't really relish in some of the par saves that I was making on the way to make my personal best Mm. because the back nine I was I think I finished two over and I had a birdie on 18 to shoot a 78 and there was there was like no appreciation for some of the shots that I was making that were just like they were lucky Mm. Lucky. you gotta have a little bit of luck though every great round has a little bit of luck and I'm not gonna say the entire round was luck because I beat my three iron to death and it was it was what got me the score that I needed. But so that was one thing. And then another one was I got a an email that was essentially a rejection for me chasing my dreams in my profession. And so it was like, man, that kind of sucks. So mentally I was checked out. I wasn't having a great time with some of the people that I was with. I Can just you give like a little bit of context to that email? Because <laughs> you just basically said that you got an email that was a rejection of your dreams. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
in the past, I've had some opportunities to do some work in the golf industry with physical therapy. And there's a club in Birmingham that I was able to go to. I did some stuff pro bono um, just to show off some some PT skills that we have to offer as a company, Therapy South, and as me as an in- individual. Um, so I was able to work a tournament with those guys and show them, and they were like, we'd love to have you out for future events. Let's stay in touch. And so I had emailed them a couple of weeks after that and was just like, hey, I want to follow up with you guys. I'm still available. I would love to keep doing this with you all. They were like, okay, good, email us at the end of the month. So it got to the end of September. I was like, all right, here I am. I'm ready. Y'all let me know. And they gave me two events that were pretty soon from the email that I sent at the end of September. They were like, we got one October 9th. And so it was a weekday. It's actually tomorrow. It was a weekday. So there was a lot of logistics that we had to work out as far as me being outside of the clinic, I couldn't do it for free. I I had to be paid for the services I was going to provide. And that's a tough number to give because us as a company, Therapy South, we haven't entered the world of golf performance yet. And so gauging a fair price for us, also a fair price for them is tough. And so there, it wasn't much of a dynamic conversation. It was just like, here's what we need in order for me to leave the clinic this soon. Hmm. Had it been like several weeks or months down the road and you can plan a lot of, I guess, not financial cushion, but you can move things around a little bit easier than one week, which is kind of what we had. Yeah. And so we gave them the offer and they were like, we can't do that. We can't fit it into the budget. And I was like, brick, that sucks so much. It's like, because the first one I did for free. And I was like, I, it, the money doesn't matter to me. But I understand from a business standpoint, Therapy South has to make money. And so I got that email. I was just like, no, we're not going to use you. And I was like, God, that sucks a lot. Well, I mean, you haven't been doing it that long. So no, and the chances that another opportunity comes up are very high. Yeah. yeah. And over the course of the past week, it it's kind of been an up and down. Is like they weren't going to use me because they didn't have it in the budget for this event. It's like maybe in future events, and I didn't like the maybe part. Um, hmm. I would have expected more of a dynamic dialogue of like, could you do this? Could you do this? Or what about this price? Or what about an hourly rate versus a tournament cost? I mean, there's a lot of little financial things, but so I my one of the higher ups was like hey just tell them we'll do it for whatever they're willing or we'll do this one for free as long as we keep working towards a an agreement so i sent him the guy at the course that and i didn't get a response and so i spent several days just with a i felt like i had been broken up with a girl and then i shot her a text and was left on red that's the way it felt i was sick to my stomach for days that's a good that's a good description there. I was like, man, why is this chick ignoring me pretty much? And so I was shot him a text last night. I was like, hey, did you get that email? And he was like, no, I didn't. And so I was like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know the state of that right now. I just, I don't know. I don't know if mm. I've harassed him. I, I don't know. It's, 
I don't want to look back on this whole golf performance thing and say that I didn't give it my all, but also I hate being that annoying kid. So, yeah, it'll come. There you go. It'll come. There's a long-winded explanation of that. Can I change the subject? Yeah, do it. Did you know that there's different types of infinity? No, I had no idea. How? Can I blow your mind real quick? Is this the paradox? No. This is just me rambling. Did you know that like, so have you ever heard of countable versus uncountable infinity? No. Countable infinity is like, you start, you start like numbering one, two, three, four, five until infinity. Right. So every one of those numbers is a number that you can identify. It's countable. It's an integer. Right. But uncountable infinity. Yeah. Uncountable infinity is going to be like you can't even reach one. Yeah. Cause because it just approaches one. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, you can say point one and then point zero one and then point zero zero one until mm-hmm. infinity zeros. Mm hmm. So, so uncountable infinity is actually larger than infinity. <laughs> you, know, you know, I've heard that before. Looking back, I have really? heard that. Yeah. I think that was a concept that we talked about in calculus. Oh, I don't remember calculus. But. Sorry, I'm all over the place, but. No, I. Mm. I like stuff like that. I kind of miss the more the more we, the more we do these, the closer it's going to get to like how my brain actually <laughs> thinks about things when I'm thinking. To, to true randomly. random, yeah, true random, yeah, whatever gets in there. It's it, <laughs> you know. I don't hate it, dude. I get to play Sawgrass next week. You're living the life that I want to live. Dude, what if I told you? You got another ticket? No. Uh, that, tea time? So we're playing Sawgrass and Jack's Beach. Why am I almost as excited to play Jack's Beach? Is that messed up? Am I uh, crooked in the head? No. I mean, to each his own. What are you excited about for Jack's Beach? I don't know. I love, of course I love. I like the name. Of course I love No Laying Up. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a fanboy, so just being able to be there, that they, I mean, they play a hundred rounds there per year, so it's, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll cross paths with them. Who knows? That's what you're excited for. (laughs) I just, I think that'd be cool. You want to see Big Randy strap one 250 God, yards wanna, down the f- middle of the fairway. I want to play one hole with Big Randy. I would love to do that. Just one time. I want. He to, strikes me as a very intelligent person for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I want to I pick his brain. He has a strong appreciation for college campuses. I think that's cool. He loves ice cream. I just, I think that that's a good time guy. It's kind of a. How do you know that he loves ice cream? Is that something that comes up? 
I was on like one of the, one of the episodes of Tour Sauce. Dang. You're like a hardcore NLU follower. Yeah, I'd say so. If they need a, a PT, I'm down. So, um, Rosa told me that we need to talk about more controversial things. That's kind of what we talked about a little bit this past yeah. weekend. She said that one thing that she wants to hear about is what's like a, uh, what's a trendy thing that gets on your nerves these days? I could talk about a lot of trendy things and especially women's fashion that get on my nerves. Let's do it. Go-go boots, like the white leather boots. Absolutely terrible. Like tall ones? Tall I one, don't know. Tall ones know. are the ones that come to mind. Okay. Why, I didn't know that was a trend, to be honest with you. That shows you how much I pay attention to fashion. Uh, I mean, have you been to the... Hmm. I feel like you were about to insult yeah, me just then. Yeah, I was about to throw a whole group of people under the bus, but I mean, <laughs> I guess that's what we're talking. That's like the point. If you've ever yeah. been to one of, I, have you you go to Auburn's Highlands campus, right, or do you go to Opelika's? I knew you were about to say yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole college crowd of Church of the Highlands, like uh-huh. I would say, ten percent of the girls wear white go-go boots really yeah i saw like three the last time i was at our highlands campus <laughs> i'll have to pay attention to that dude just start watching some yeah. of them are tall some of them have like black soles but they're still white boots with like black laces they look like combat boots just yeah. s- stop with white boots they're terrible some some cuda stuff right there mm-hmm. that's a uh there's a <laughs> This is the second time Chris has gotten brought up. Uh, <laughs> that Joker's funny uh, too, though. God, he's so funny. One of the things that he talks about on his podcast is it pertains to what you're talking about. If he hates when people do things just because they're flashy and other people are doing them, and he calls them kudas, in other words, kudas? like barracudas. Like a barracuda. Yeah. The reason he calls them that is because it's like a barracuda. If you throw anything in the water, it's just going to go after it. Right. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, whatever. So like, he, so all these girls are kudas for just True. wearing whatever happens to be popular at the time. Dude, I try to avoid so that. True. That's Quick side note about barracudas, and then we'll get back on the whole women's fashion thing. Barracudas are like the reason why you shouldn't wear jewelry while you scuba dive. So my mom was, I guess she was snorkeling. She was wearing a watch. We were in, I guess, Panama City. I can't remember. Maybe the jetties in Panama City. And she had a watch on. A barracuda, no joke, swam straight into her, like just nose to nose, hit her mask. What the heck? Those... Those fish are scary looking. They're fast too. Was she like yeah. injured? No. Dang. I don't think it was swimming top speed. I think it was curious about her watch, but also she or the fish saw yeah, those more to it than just the watch. Yeah. You know what gets on my nerves about 
what's trending right now. I think we've actually talked about this a little bit before, but like the fact that anytime somebody comes up with a new format to make videos on like TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever, mm-hmm. everybody just follows that format and does the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the internet as a whole, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's just amplified on social, social media. I it guess. is because, you know, cause it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy and good or bad. It's gonna be seen. Like yeah. there, there's not a filter for the ones that are made with better quality in the same style versus ones that are just so dumb and not funny at all. Yeah. And so you have to sift through a lot of just fluff. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I would have taken you up on your offer to go with no, no social media. It's never too late. Yeah, I know. Back to women's fashion. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not on board with flare jeans. Is that coming back too? I think so, yeah. Not here for it. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, what else? Uh I have I have noticed it though. I've Yeah, know, I'm like a, bring it up. I just I don't I don't get it. I mean, it's I guess I guess I guess it makes it sense. It doesn't sometimes. look good to me. No, it's just like, eh, I'd prefer something else. Uh Boots that come up almost to the knee, I think they're dumb. Yeah, they're 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 pointless. They look like they belong either riding a horse or I don't know on Star Wars or something. <laughs> yeah, like what in a first world country, and especially in a city, why do you need boots that high? Yeah, how's it practical? It's definitely not. But most women's fashion isn't practical. No, it's not. You know what also drives me crazy? And a, a lot of girls do it, is the hair like half up. Like they'll take the top half of their hair and put it in a bun, but then they still got the rest of their hair hanging down. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like about. this weird in between. It's like you're not trying to keep your hair up because half of it right. is still down. See, that tells me you're just indecisive. <laughs> just make up your mind, you know. Is it going to be up or down? Yeah, you know? I, I, I think it looks dumb. I'm like, man. Yeah, I guess it tells it, me a lot about your your psychology. <laughs> when you do that. You're indecisive. Yeah, yeah, it looks terrible. Hmm. I think those I think are the that, most. I think. I think girls who don't wear makeup are underrated. Fact. Just, I, I feel like, especially in today's day and age, think of the confidence you have to have as a girl to go out and not put on a lick of makeup in public. Oh, to in today's society, the utmost confidence. I respect. Or that. you, or you truly don't care, not in a bad way, but it's just like whatever. Yeah, and that's awesome. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, you that's know? awesome. It's the ones that... Or on the converse, think of the confidence you have to have as a guy to put on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Respect to those two. Shout out, Maynard. Dang. <laughs> uh, no, it's, 
it's the girls that wear too much makeup. Is they get noticed in a bad way to me. It's like you have on so much makeup. The stark contrast that would happen if I saw you without yeah. makeup would just It's yeah. It's a fine line. Oh my it's gosh. A fine line. Yeah. I mean, you see some girls putting on so much makeup, you could put on you could like probably spray some water on their face and it would just bead <laughs> off of it. I imagine like thumping it and it like cracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like you go out to like the middle of a desert and like you press down on it and there's like cracks that form yeah. around it. That would be like their cheek. Yep. Yeah. Or if they get, and, and if they get their caught faces in a rainstorm. completely different. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, <laughs> no. If they get caught in a rainstorm, I would love to see what it looked like. Just all the colors oh, would that would be running down their it. face. It looked uh, like an ink blot. <laughs> I feel like they, what was I going to say? God, I lost oh, my I ruined you. You you messed me up. I'm dude. sorry. It's okay. It probably wasn't even that funny. But yeah, I'm here for controversy. Oh, I, I remember what I was gonna say. It's very easy to see when like their face is a completely different color than the rest of their body. Yeah, like it cuts off at their chin, and then yeah, neck like, is a different you, color. Who do you think you're fooling? You know. Donald Trump does it. That joker is orange <laughs> to like here and then he's normal. That might be just high blood pressure. <laughs> Classic case of hypertension. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty tit. I don't spray tans, not here for those either. No. Yeah. I, I wonder how many. I wonder how many girls are walking around with a spray tan and we don't realize it. I'd probably be shocked at the number, but... We need to ask Alyssa. Alyssa would be more than happy to enlighten us. But the thing is, is when you get a bad spray tan, you're in trouble. Mm. Yeah. And if the shade isn't just right, it doesn't even have to be a bad tan as far as consistency across your body. It's just, I feel like a lot of times they aren't a good shade. Yeah, I've I've seen it more than once. I've seen it a, a good amount of times, enough to make me think that a lot of girls get a lot of spray tans, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways. Well, what are some trends that guys do that are annoying? <laughs> oh, the, the gym selfie. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, I know this point has been driven a lot, but I I saw a dude, I saw two people do it in the same day the other day at the uh, Auburn Rec Center. It's cringy, and I was just like, "Oh man, how are you doing that in public?" There's people close to me that do gym selfies. Gym selfies, really? Mm-hmm. I don't get it personally. It's. W- who do you think that's appealing to? I don't know. The only time that I would do it is is just to be funny. Ironically, like anybody, to send to your friends. Right. Yeah, because everybody who knows me would know I would never do that like seriously and think like, look how strong I am. What if what if that was what everyone did? Careful. What if everyone <laughs> took that approach and we're just the outsiders that are automatically judging them? Because I've read captions. 
There's no way that these can people you name, are name not a few users. of the captions. No, you talking about like the the people posting them? Yeah. No. Dang. I was hoping. I mean, I'm not gonna like just like drill people. That's fine. Like personally, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, unless it was like a public figure that I could just think of, but I don't, I don't, not off the top of my head. Yeah. I guess if that's your job, though, if you're like a Insta, what do you call it, influencer? Yeah. Then I don't know. Maybe I can see you doing it then. But there's there's way more trends that guys do that drive me crazy, and I just can't think of any of them. I don't like male feminists. I think they're just in it to try to hook up with girls. That's probably accurate. That's for sure accurate. Do you know some personally? No. I No, not really. I think they wouldn't want to be friends with me. Definitely not. I wouldn't want to be friends with them, I don't think. If they were like the kind of feminist that I'm thinking of. That, you know, like goes to a rally where people are wearing, you know, P-word hats. That kind of thing. I definitely wouldn't be friends with that person. <laughs> Man, you got me over here thinking so hard. About what? Things. Trends? Yeah, got trends. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that's really a trend, but it's just one that came up. There's probably trends that our friends are guilty of. and Oh, I mean, without a doubt, I'm guilty of some trends. I just, you know. Um, can't oh, I got one. Them. Backwards hats that, like, are just above the eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Where, on, like, or on the back. The bill, the, the bill is poking the bill, up. Like, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I hate that. hats not all the way on your head, just sitting up really high, tilted forward, where the brim is over your eyes. Right. Like so what if you had a like what if you had to run from a bear? So douchey. It'd fall like off. The hat would the hat would fall off, right? Mm-hmm. It'd fall off. It's all about practicality. Yeah. yeah. A hat should serve a purpose and it's if it's in either of those positions, I don't think it's serving its fullest purpose. Yeah, hats for me have one purpose, and that's to, like, cover up my hair because I didn't feel like fixing it that day. Mm-hmm. Or to keep the sun out of my eyes. Or that, I guess. I mean, one could say that. Yeah, is it, the biggest point of that is playing golf. Yeah. I'd be miserable. I would have a headache. That's true, because I can't wear sunglasses when I'm playing golf. I've gotten to where I can Really? Mm-hmm. I can do it. It messes with my death perception, you know? Um, I got another trend that <laughs> I'm very much ashamed to admit. I have owned a pair of white Oakleys in my lifetime. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. and I Oh, re- this, is like a thro- this is like a throwback trend. Yeah, white sunglasses should not be a thing. Yeah. And looking back on my former self, I shouldn't have been a thing. I think... There's one place you can wear them, and that's on the baseball field. Yeah, like maybe a pair of flak jackets that that's a particular model. Um, yeah, I could see it. 
But white snowboard goggles, though. Those are good. I don't have. I, do you have a pair? I don't know that I've ever yeah. seen a pair. Yeah, minor. Have I uh, gone? I've have gone snowboarding. I was about to say, have I gone snowboarding with you since you got new goggles? Yeah, because the ones that I have now, they're, I've had since like after the first trip or something like that. They're a white frame with blue strap, right? Yeah, they're dragons. Yeah. Okay. They're the like the retro style ones, you know. Uh yeah, cylindrical lens. No, that's not retro style. Retro style is like the rectangular lens. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's cylindrical. Where it looks like it goes straight up and down. And not oh, bubbled as opposed, out. As opposed to the bubble type. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, minor, yeah, you're right. Minor that, spherical. Gotcha, gotcha. We're playing semantics there. Yeah, we are. Neither here nor there. Do you have a uh, idiom? Uh, yeah. All right, so instead of an idiom tonight, I've returned to the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Um, th- okay. This particular word, it's going to, a name's going to come into your head, and I think we're going to have the same name, so that's why I'm going to read it tonight. Okay. The The word is nocien, G-N-O-S-S-I-E-N-N-E. So okay. it's a moment of awareness that someone you've known for years still has a private and mysterious inner life, and somewhere in that hallways of their personality is a door locked from the inside, a stairway leading to a wing of the house that you've never fully explored, an unfinished attic that will remain mattingly unknowable to you because ultimately neither of you have the master key. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is it? Yeah. Andrew. Yep, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really cool word, too. Yeah. No seeing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope he's not offended by... No, he won't be. He's He acknowledges that... He knows that, that it... Yeah. He knows it's true. Yeah. He knows that he doesn't even know what's behind that door. I don't think he wants to know. He's scared of what's behind that door. God, that's terrifying. Um, all right, I have a paradox. Letter fire. Um, this one is relatively well known. Um, but I say relatively because I don't know, I guess not everybody looks into paradoxes, but Schrodinger's cat. No. Mm. Hey, how did you know about that? Did you watch that video? No, I just, I went to college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the tea leaf paradox. Okay. Right. So the tea leaf paradox. I'm a tea drinker myself. What about you, Mason? I like sweet tea. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This really applies to like loose leaf tea. So, like, if you get some. You're not better than me because you drink loose leaf tea. Just saying. No, I'm better than you because I'm better at golf. So. Whenever you put a tea leaf, whenever you put tea leaves into your glass of hot water and you swirl it around, where do you think that the tea leaves are going to go? Like when you start spinning it around, where should they go? They're not in a tea bag. 
No, they're loose. It's loose leaf. Oh, uh, okay. You're not better than me because you know the definition. I'm going to assume outward towards okay. the wall. Because of... Centripetal right, force. Centripetal exactly. force. Right. So that's what you would think. Um, it turns out when you start swallowing them, they end up gathering in the middle. And for a long time, people didn't really have a good explanation for why until Albert Einstein came along. Of course. Freaking, yep, here comes Albert. He gave a good explanation for it. Um, you know, there's it has to do with physics. So essentially, whenever you swirl this liquid around in the glass, mm-hmm. um, there's friction between the liquid and the glass on the walls of the of the cup and also at the bottom and so what ends up happening is there's a pressure gradient that starts to form from the outside of the cup to the inside and what this does is it causes the force the centripetal force of the leaves going outward to be overcome by the pressure that's pushing inward into the inside of the glass. So um, I can read like a little bit of an excerpt and perhaps you can understand it a bit better. Um, Okay, so let's see. There's a little drag on the flow of the tea. The tea right at the sides of the cup and more importantly all, all along the bottom will be going less quickly than the rest of the liquid in the cup. This is important as all the water pushing up against the sides of the cup also establishes a pressure gradient with higher pressure towards the outside of the cup and the slow moving water is displaced. When it hits the sides of the cup, it drops downwards and when it gets to the bottom of the cup and the relatively slow moving water there, it's forced inwards. Once it gets to the middle, it's forced upwards, and the cycle continues again in a kind of visible roll inside the swirling tea. The only visible signs are that the tea are the tea leaves themselves. They are too heavy to be lifted up by that upward flow into the middle of the cup, but they do get caught up in that roll, so they're herded towards the middle of the cup, defying the centrif- centrifugal force. I'll be dang. Just kind of a cool little thing. You don't really expect it to happen. Mm-mm. That's wild. I was trying to get a less like mm-hmm. out there thing. Yeah, you don't really get lost in that one. That one's just like, wow. Yeah, just kind of a little bit more practical. Yeah. Anyways, um, what we got in the in the future? I know. There's um, we there there's a couple of family members that me and you both want to have mm-hmm. on for sure for um, you know really really good reasons and uh, I look forward to that happening. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be great. Yeah, I know I know one of them will be on your end. It'll probably have to be more in the December time frame when you're home. Maybe, so. but I would rather do it sooner than later. So. Um, whenever I can squeeze it, I will. Yeah. You know, so. 
I think we got we got that one coming up. I think we'll have an on-site one when we come down to Auburn for Halloween weekend. So we'll have a little spooky episode for everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, yep. We got some story times. I think we'll have some friends on. I think that sounds good. We got a friend that I don't know if you remember us talking to him about it at your house, but he's he's pretty well versed. Y'all are in the same program, so. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I do look forward to having Austin on at some point. He's got a lot of passions in a lot of different areas. Right. He's got a cool story too. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, we got some stuff in the works. They're coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else you want to add? Mm-mm. All right, well, thanks for listening to episode nine of Unprepared. We'll see you on the next one.